This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash Glenn, casper.com slash Glenn. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hallowell here with The Church Boys Podcast. I've got Chris Field on the line, and we also have two guests with us today. We have Joe Kennedy, a football coach, a former football coach for Bremerton School District, and we've also got Mike Berry, an attorney with First Liberty on the line. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. So, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I've actually wanted to talk with you for a while, uh, Coach, and I think obviously the the news here is that a lawsuit has now been filed against the school district. I think a lot of people are familiar with your story, uh, but I want to just, for those who aren't, kind of go back. Um, you had, I believe since 2008, had been praying on the 50-yard line after football games and some students and families and others would come over and join you voluntarily. Can you just take me through, is that accurate, this, this had been going on since 2008, and just sort of guide me through why you were, why you were delivering those prayers? Yeah, I, so in 2008, uh, I was, well, actually it goes back to 2007, I was offered uh, a coaching job with Bermington football, and uh, I wasn't sure I was really ready to take that all on. I mean, the time commitment and I know what it takes to, to be a coach and to mentor, um, young people. It's, it's a huge commitment. So, um, the first year I didn't, uh, accept the job. The second year, 2008, I, uh, was offered the job on a Friday and, um, over the weekend I was watching TV about midnight and, um, facing the giants came on and, I was glued to the TV and I kind of fell to my knees and, uh, you know, God really speaking to me that, uh, Hey, this is your calling and this is what you need to do. And I made, you know, that commitment and uh, covenant with God at that moment that, Hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to give you the glory on the 50 after every single game. And I took the job and I started out just praying by myself on, on the 50 and over the, over the first year, a couple of the kids were like, Coach, what were you doing out there? And I just told them that I was giving thanks for what they just did. And a couple of the Christian kids wanted to know if they could join me. And I said, you know, this is a free country. You could do whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> and it just kind of grew from there. And more and more kids came out. And then as the years went on, they started inviting the other teams, the, the ones that we just played. And... um you know, this year or this past year, 
was the first year that we had every single team, um, the opposing team, out there joining us on the 50. Yeah, that, that's the amazing thing to me is that you've had you've had the opposing team come as well, right? And I think that's I just think that's kind of fascinating. Would you say how many people would you say at the peak of this before the controversy started did you have coming out and praying with you on the fifty? Oh, that varied. Um, sometimes you know, if we had a really tough loss, a very emotional game, none of the kids would come out there. But I, I would still just do my thing because that's what my thing with God was. Um, but, uh, normally, um, they, they, they kind of matured and, you know, instead of having a pity party and feeling bad about the loss, <laughs> they celebrated, you know, the, the competitiveness of the game and the teamwork aspects of it. And we would have, oh, I don't know, you know, from both teams, you know, sometimes a hundred people that were, uh, people that were out there with us. So when... When did you start to run into problems, and how how was this issue first delivered to you? When and I guess how? Those are the two key questions in the in this case. Right. Uh, it was it was last year. It was um, oh, it must have been the second or third game of the season, and uh, I was I walked into the coach's office and right before the game, and everyone was like. Oh, we need to talk to you. Our athletic director uh, told us that you can't pray before, you know, after the game. And I thought they were joshing me, you know. I mean, coaches give each other a hard time. And, um, you know, they, they, you know, a little bit of fun there, you know, with, uh, oh, yeah, you know, Kennedy, the religious guy. And, and so I wasn't sure if they were serious or not. And I was like, what are they going to do? And they were like, they could fire you. And I was, a little concerned that maybe it might really be serious. And uh, so after that game, I kind of, after, you know, after the game, I, I was worried and I wrote on my Facebook, I think I might have just gotten fired and it kind of started this huge storm. So I didn't find out till later um, in, you know, the, the following week of what really took place were the, the high school principal asked the athletic director to find out what was going on and making sure that I wasn't, you know, encouraging kids in religion or whatnot. And he just really wanted to find out what was going on. Well, the athletic director went to the head coach who then went to me. So it ended up being like a telephone game. And it actually all originated from one of the um, faculty from another school who saw what we were doing and gave a compliment to the high school principal and said, Hey, what the football program is doing out there is just really awesome, and I just wanted to share that with you. So all of this actually stemmed from just a compliment. Wow! So there that, was that's so the there, so there was there was never a complaint. Yeah, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Right. So, um, go ahead, Chris. So I was so so. Where did it go from there then? So the principal says we need to talk about this because the principal apparently didn't know what was going on. The principal wasn't at the games. What? How how did the fallout happen with the principal? Did the, was it as a preemptive strike from administration to say, hey, listen, we don't want to have these complaints from other people, so we're just going to nip this in the bud kind of deal? Uh, as far as I know, it uh, they just wanted to find out what was going on, and then um, the um, the superintendent got involved, and you know now that it blew up and. So they held an investigation to find out what was really going on. And 
the district lawyer and uh, the administration staff over there, they kind of came up with what I could do and could not do. So uh, they didn't have any malicious intent at the beginning. And, you know, they just wanted to make sure we were in compliance with what the school policies were. And, and were you in compliance with the school policies? Oh, absolutely. The only thing that the school policy said that says in there is that uh, the kids could, could pray, um, you know, and, you know, their freedom is there. Um, but uh, as far as the administration staff and the faculty, they can not encourage nor discourage kids in prayer. And I, and they conceded to that, that that's not what I ever did. I, I didn't invite the kids and I didn't uh, discourage kids. I remained absolutely neutral and was just doing my thing. So what I do, one, and this is my thing. One one of the things that's important though to to add to that is that you know it, it, initially, so we felt that okay, th- this is all good now because he's in compliance with that policy and there's no issue. Uh, then the school district did you know what we what we call in sports is they, they moved the goalposts. You know they they changed uh, on the fly. They changed the policy and said, well now our new policy is that you can't do anything that's visibly or demonstratively religious. Um, and and so. That, of course, is, is really what put Coach in the position where he had to choose between his faith and his job because now, uh, you know, whether it's taking a knee or whether if, you, you know, if you're a Catholic and you cross yourself or if you're a, Jew, a Jewish person and you wear a, a yarmulke or, or a Muslim and you wear a hijab, those are all visible demonstrative religious uh, things. And so, uh, of course, those people would also be subject to the policy and, and and that's what you know. That's where the policy became unworkable, because they they began moving the the target or change, you know, moving the goalposts so that he couldn't comply with it anymore. So, the, so the issue, so the issue was that the rules changed in the middle of the game. Is that part? I mean, is that is that fair to say that they kept changing the? If they're moving the goalposts, they're changing the rules as this whole process is going on. He wasn't breaking the rules, exactly. and suddenly, so they created new rules. Exactly, and and again, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I'm not privy to what their motives are or, or, or what they're trying, you know, ultimately what they were trying to do. But it sure seemed as if uh, they looked at it at first and said, well, he, he's not really uh, breaking the law or he's not, you know, the, the, he, he's not praying with the kids or not leading them in prayer. They conceded that already. They did their little right. internal investigation and said, uh, we acknowledge that no students have ever been required to participate. Nobody's ever complained. And so as if they said, well, there's got to be some way that we can prevent him from doing that. Uh, and, and they said, well, if we just say that you're not allowed to do it, then he's not allowed to do it. And so that, that's what happened. Well, the problem is the Constitution and federal law you know, allow you to do it. They right. not, not only allow you, but protect you when you're doing it. There is just a big court case, uh, or not a court case, but a, a big case out of uh, Colorado with a, a, a meatpacking plant called Cargill Meat Packers where – uh, a, a group of Muslim employees who asked if they could, this may sound familiar, but if they asked if they could pray, uh, you know, privately five times a day while they were working there and the meat processing or meat packing plant said, no, you can't do that. And, uh, you know, they, you, we need you on the clock. So, and so on and so forth. So they, they filed a complaint with the EUC and, and it turned out that, um, they were right. You know, they have a law, they have, a, they have the right under federal law to do that. Well, uh, you know, it, it, if it's good for, for Cargill meat packers in Colorado, then it should be good for Bremerton School District in Washington. Right. So, it, 
do we know is there is there a motive behind this other than other than people not wanting coach to express his religious beliefs was there was there some sort of push from the community or parents or administrators that you know of or can prove behind this 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 this, this continued rule change that puts the coach into violation no not nothing that we're aware of um you know that that's something that may may come out of the lawsuit we you know we we may learn that but um, you know, as far as we know, uh, we're not aware of, of what the reason why they decided to do this. I mean, obviously, you know, as an attorney, as a constitutional attorney, I think it, it, it's a terrible decision. It's one that doesn't comply with, with the Constitution or federal law. So they're, they're clearly taking advice from somebody, uh, you know, whether that's their attorney or somebody else, I don't know. But I sure hope that they're getting adequate legal and accurate legal advice and representation because uh, what they're doing is really only exposing themselves to even more liability. So, so let me let me, ask, let me can I ask Billy? I just want to follow up with that specific point. Have they se- have they sent a similar message to students? They told the coach he can't express himself religiously. Have they told the students the same thing? If you express yourself religiously, you will be dismissed from the team. No, and in fact, you know, their their policy says that you know students are free to engage in, in religious expression, and of course that's because the Supreme Court said you know, decades ago in the famous Tinker versus Des Moines uh, decision that students do not um, you know lose or shed their their constitutional rights upon entering the schoolhouse gates. Well, of course, in the very same decision, the Supreme Court said. Students and teachers do not lose their constitutional rights when they enter the schoolhouse gates, and so I think that's the part that the school district may have, you know, may not have read or, or, or may not have been informed about. Is that it doesn't just apply? I mean, these rights don't just apply to students. Teachers, as American citizens or uh, you know, as people under the Constitution, they have rights too. You don't give up your rights just because you work for a public school district, mm-hmm. but. For some reason, that's what Bremerton School District seems to think is that by, by virtue of being a public employee, uh, he, he, you know, that th- whatever they say goes. Well, let me ask you guys, because I know that there were some claims from the district, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that they're, you know, obviously they were saying that, Coach, you were inserting religious expression in certain speeches with the kids, that there were locker room prayers at one point, but that you stopped doing Do that again? Um, That there was concern, I believe, among the district or claims that you were at one point praying in the locker room with the students, but you had stopped doing that after a warning. Is that accurate? Yes, that is. Uh, when, when they said, um, there was something, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I didn't understand all these other cases that they were referring to at the time. Um, but they said that, you know, because basically if there is a captive audience that, you know, like in the locker room where the kids, you know, have to participate in, in something. And that was a tradition that I, I that's been, there was a practice that I, I walked into. Um, but as soon as they, they brought that to, to light, I, I said, okay, well, we won't do that anymore because I want to be in compliance with, you know, what, what the rules and the laws are. And I understand those. It was when they said, I, you know, 
I, I could pray even while on duty, but then we went and changed it. That's where I needed to get legal advice and I needed help with it. Yeah. Well, even then, the interesting thing is that even if you, when you were praying in the locker room, I guess before I even make my statement, did you ever have complaints from any students? Did any students ever opt out? Um, it was it wasn't a complaint. I, I that's one of the great things about a team, and I know that people from the outside don't understand, you know, how close we are as a team and my relationship with these guys. And we would have open and honest communication with each other and have conversations. I had lots of kids um, that you know were of different faith or had no faith at all, and they were like, "Coach, you know, is this a problem? I don't believe in in any of this." And that was never an issue for us. And matter of fact, uh, one of our one of our guys who who had no faith or a different faith and never really went into details about it, he just said he doesn't um, participate in it. Is that a problem? Well, no. Matter of fact, that kid we we promoted that guy to our team captain because he stood up for what he believed in. And I don't look. You know, I don't judge anybody by what their faith or their beliefs are or anything like that. And we have these communications. Uh, I've had parents come over and, and wanted clarification on it. That's the kind of relationship that we have on our team is where if we have a problem or we have a question or a concern and we need clarification on something, they, they came and talked to me. and We would sit down and we would have conversations. I've never had anybody, you know, come against me and say, you're wrong. It was after they understood what I was doing and that they had no bearing upon any, you know, impact on their kid. They, they were fine with it. And when would you say, when did you stop the, the, you know, locker room, the locker room prayer? When did that stop? I believe I stopped, uh, right after our, uh, their, our first meeting and that the first letter from the school district, I think it was September 17th. So it was, it was uh, right before one of our games when I received that letter. Even with that, I mean, students can opt out of it, right? I mean, it was never something that was required. I understand the concern that people have over captive audience and all that, but that is, a, I mean, praying on the 50-yard line after a game seems to be a completely separate separate issue from, from that. And I think it's interesting um, just, you know, looking at this from a 30,000-foot level, how, how far the district has gone. Can you just clarify for me? So you were suspended, and correct me, um, you know, Coach or Mike, if this is incorrect, but you were suspended with pay in October. What happened after that? Was there a point where they officially said you're fired? Just take me through those events. Uh, Mike, did you want to take that or you want me to? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So that, that's right. Initially in October, um, you know, when, the, you know, going back to the, to move the goalpost conversation, that, that's when that happened. And they said, well, now that you've, you know, now that you've prayed um, uh, after the game, we're going to have to suspend you. So they suspended him, and then he received his performance evaluation on November 20th, his coaching evaluation. And his coaching evaluation for the first time in seven years uh, uh, was negative. And the reason it was negative, it said, was because he failed to follow district pol- legal policies uh, you know, related to, to what he had done. And, and therefore, the, the conclusion that it said was do not rehire. And so that's what they did. They, they, they uh, terminated his contract. With, with the school district so on the basis that he had failed to follow their, their religion policy. So um, you know, that, it, you know, legally, when you're, when you're looking at a fact pattern like that legally, that's what we call retaliation. Um, basically, they retaliated against him for exercising his constitutional right 
um, by first, you know, tape, suspending him and then ultimately firing him. So, uh, you know, that that really is kind of the 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 crux of the you know what what we would call adverse employment discrimination or adverse employment action that the school district took against him. Um, how are people reacting? I'll let you guys go soon because you've been so generous with time. I know you're you're busy. How how have people reacted? to this um, decision, and obviously the school year um, hasn't quite kicked up, I don't think yet, or maybe it is kicking up. I know there's different schedules around around the country for when school begins, but how have people reacted? What's the level of support, Coach, that you felt um, in the middle of all this? And that that was really, uh, you know, you like to think that you make an impact on, on people while you're, you know, going through life, and it was just really amazing to see the support of not just my players uh, and and the parents and and everybody that it's in, I, I I'm immediately in contact with, but our community itself um, came and and rallied behind everything that I was doing, and I mean nationally, it it was weird. I I mean it was so cool to see that there were so many people that were you know backing me up in this and understanding that. Hey, this is a you know freedom thing. This mm-hmm. is something that all Americans have, and that if we if one of our you know a coach at a local high school uh, you know has to give up his rights, it, that threatens everybody in the United States. So uh, it was overwhelming support from everybody. It's, it's been incredible. So, coach, what are you, what are you seeking uh, with this lawsuit? Are you you know you you hoping to own the superintendent's home or or what, what what's your what's your plan here? What what are you looking for? Yeah, it's it, pretty simple. I just want to go back to you know basically what I was doing. I want to be out there with my guys. I want to be you know coaching these young men on how to become better young men and you know doing it through football and having my my rights as every American should have. Nothing more. I'm not asking for anything else. So you're not, you're not a teacher, also, are you? You're just you're a you're a coach in your spare time, right? That is correct. Okay. So your 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 only your only your only request in this lawsuit is to, is to have your your coaching gig back, and and that's it. That you're not seeking damages or anything like that. Oh no, no. <laughs> right. Well, I, to have to have the coaching job back with the ability to to do what he's done since 2008, right? Right, right. Okay, cool. And last question before we let you guys go. Do you anticipate that kids will still pray on the 50-yard line even you know, as the year starts with you not there? Um, you know, I think that would be really cool if they did because we do have some, some great leaders on, on our team. And I know that uh, they, they were doing that after I was suspended and they were actually doing it in the locker room before games. So, if if they continue on that tradition, and uh, I, you know, I think that's awesome. I mean, I'd like to hope that they would, but uh, right. you know, it's their decision now. Right. Well, very good. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. founder of this company, 
10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com.